Yep, it's the Stupidly Small Podcast, Tuesday, December 9, 2014. I'm Stuart James Farrell, and joining me is Lauren Clark. Hello. Hi. How Hello, are you? Stuart James. Well, you know, it's a little secret, a secret a day. I have a J middle name. Bay. What's that? I have a J middle name. Uh, Janice. No. What? Well, you may never know. Joe. No. I'm not going to say it. Well, this is not going to be our podcast. <laughs> Most fun podcast ever. <laughs> Stuart tries to guess your middle name. Uh, anyway. Yes. Uh, you, Captain Haircut Pants, came in here this morning looking uh, all like you're in the army with your little haircut. Army? All shorn off the side. Is there nothing more exposing? There is one thing more exposing than getting a haircut, but the haircut <laughs> is something you can't. No, there is. That you can't hide. We've spoken about it before. When oh, you've got the mattress. the mattress on the trailer. You're a funny man that you think if that's it, exposing. It is. Having I'm, a mattress on a trailer is your most exposing thing that you can think of. I think so. If you're, When you're moving house, to put your mattress on a trailer and then drive it through the streets in, in front of everybody, it's like a, a parading your uh, every... Um, Yes, malls. Well, it is like wearing your undies on the outside, but it's it's like anything you've ever done uh, that usually would be in private, whether it's just sleeping, um, because you don't sleep in public. Have you ever watched? Is on on display. Have you ever watched Sherlock? No, I have not watched Sherlock. Okay, well, in Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes' character would look at something like the mattress and would go, and all of the... um, He'd play the uh, fiddle? No, no, the music would come over because obviously every time he does something like this, every time he looks at something, he he looks at it through a forensic sort of a lens and there's this music that happens. Well, it's not music, it's more like sound. It doesn't sound like music. And they point at all of the different things on the mattress and they go, you know, (laughs) red wine stain, this stain, that stain. Unidentified. May I say. Get the blue light on that one, yeah. Short of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Unless you're Sherlock, you don't care about some guy's mattress. No, I know, but it is the most exposing thing. Anyway, look, no, the haircut really is also that too because you, there's does, no hiding. And, yeah, and the true. problem with the haircut mm. is that it's, it's new for a good two or three days. That's it. There's Everyone no has to be exposed back. to it. Plus it has to grow into itself. Plus you have to get used to the new length. And it's – I mean, and I'm, I'm speaking from – uh, a lack of experience, but I would imagine yeah. that for women, mm-hmm. the haircut is a, a proud and a defining moment, walking out of that salon all bouffanted up and uh, ready to rock. Not if you've got one you're not happy with, buddy. Well, you're paying enough. You should be happy with it. That's true. You know, Don't but, get me. This is one of mine. Yeah. Well, see, I'm the sort of person that walks straight out of the hairdresser and puts a cap on. It's, like, it's, a, it's a mark of shame for like a male. Like the runners, the new shoes. As you try in, and scuff the you try and scuff the white new runners. Yeah, or you get them uh, christened uh, mm. by your schoolmates or workmates if you're working in a really juvenile sort of company. But <laughs> it's just, like like stupidly big, you mean? It's stupidly big. You're <laughs> constantly trying to scuff my sneakers. Uh, I'm sick of it. Um, yeah, look, I, I I don't know. I think getting a haircut is always a little bit. You're right. It's always a little bit exposing, especially um, you're watching the hair drop off. And uh, it, yeah, I look. Yes, I rode the bike bike to the hairdressers, right? Mm. From a few suburbs afar. Are you a chatter? No, right. see, I can't yeah. stand the yeah. chatter, and yeah. everyone seems to want to chatter. But this guy yesterday, I yeah. think he might be the perfect hairdresser. Mm. He listened 
to instruction par excellence. Right. Huh? He just he goes, yes, I understand. I will do this. I, I said, look, I'm sorry. I'm a bit hot and bothered here. I've just come from work and I'm hot. And I've ridden my bike. He brought me over a, a towel. Oh. I was hoping. How hot but, and bothered were you? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just being nice, I think. But, you know, if you're hot and bothered, <laughs> handing someone the Chinese floor. restaurant hot towel is not going to help. I wasn't dripping oh, everywhere. Was it, was it Chinese restaurant hot towel? He's giving me the it? steamer. <laughs> so I've had to... Oh, thank you. So I'm wiping a hot towel onto my hot face going, this is not helping anything. You know, because I, I, was, I thought maybe this has been in the ice bucket. Oh, you beauty. So no, he's giving me the uh, pre-banana uh, fritter special there, the nice hot towel or the former, remember on an aeroplane you used to get towels? That doesn't happen anymore, Fine. even in economy. They'd walk through at the end of a flight and give you hot towels yeah, with I think the tongs. The last time, yeah, I think I, I, that has happened, but it was about 10 years ago. It used to be great. You, you put out your smoke. Ah, thank you. Oh. Hot towel on the hands, around the mush, wipe all the nicotine what off are your you, face. An 80s television executive? <laughs> God. Quite possibly. <laughs> My last great job. But um, he's giving me the hot towel mm. and he starts to talk. Mm. And I, and he, he gets the vibe. This guy could read, you know, like it's oh, like yeah. um, a doctor that's good. Yeah. You need someone that can read the patient. Yeah, right? you do. and you are effectively a patient while you're sitting in that chair. True. Right? You're yeah. at the hands of a surgeon, a hair surgeon. Yeah. And um, a hair surgeon. <laughs> well, that's good. I agree. I think right. that's that should actually be that wouldn't the, be about my bit of hair surgery. A hair surgeon, just out the front in that in that kind of. Ye oldie lettering. Yeah. Hair surgeon. Yeah. Open day. You know what you wouldn't do is serve beer. Oh. Serving beer. This is, you know rubbish. what this is? Hmm. This is an example of you knowing something's popular and going, it's dumb and I hate it. And I was the first one to say it was dumb and I hated it. Oh, I don't know about that. Why do you object to it? Because it drives the price up or just because it's pretentious? Oh, maybe it's pretentious. You know what? If they, if they gave me a sandwich, I'd probably be more impressed. If he had a person standing over there at the counter and, and said, hey, uh, chair four, what do you want? I said, well, I'll just have ham, cheese and pickle. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> the only problem with that, you'd end up with a hair sandwich. And like while you're <laughs> eating, true. it's like, oh, there's a bit of me on there. But anyway, <laughs> yes. so he realises that I'm not talking. Right. Uh, and then cuts, ceases all conversation or communication. He mm-hmm. doesn't try and mine for details. Yeah. He doesn't try and uh, get the best out of me. Yeah. Or anything out of me. He just knows I'm not interested. Yeah. He's not that interested. Yeah. He's, he mentioned the weather at the start. I thought, come on, buddy. You have yeah. to do better than that. <laughs> yeah. He said, yeah, it's been good, hasn't it? And then when he realised that, he's like, Psh, zip it. Yeah. Oh, it was that, great. That happens. That's happened to me. Some people do get it. Some people totally get that you don't want to talk. Well. I've, in fact, closed my eyes before. <laughs> oh, you're like a lame Bennis. How rude are you? Like pretending you can't hear in the no, back of the uh, chauffeur-driven car. I'm sorry, I, I can't hear. It's not that. That'll be the next one. It's not that. It's that How does closing your eyes indicate that you well, don't it, want to talk to the hairdresser? It's just, well, when you're getting your hair done anyway, you can close your eyes because there's stuff happening to your head and you're like, you know, whatever. It's either being cut and you don't want it in your eye or it's being pulled and you're just kind of concentrating or whatever. So you close your eyes. And it's all conversation is now null and void. Okay. Well, is it, so is that the step above sticking your fingers in your ears? Like if you <laughs> close your eyes and they don't get it, do you just, just put the fingers straight in the, uh, <laughs> in the hearing holes? Or <laughs> uh, Some people take books to hairdressers. Hairdressers aren't going to be offended. 
Okay. Well, mm. see, another one, you get, then you get a hairy book. It's, it just makes – I mean, every, you can't get away from it at a hairdresser. Everything's going to become a hairy something, yeah. isn't it? You know? Yeah. I mean, you've got to take your specs off. You get hairy eyeballs. It's, <laughs> it's the way it is. Stupid. Now, Stu, we have a guest with us in the studio all of a sudden. Can I do the count? What do you mean? Well, fifth guest, Oh, it perhaps. is our fifth guest, our is fifth it? fifth new guest. Excellent. Hmm. Well, Mel Campbell, writer, cultural critic and author of the book Out of Shape, Debunking Myths About Fashion and Fit. It's an excellent book about the things we wear, why we wear them and how we get it all wrong. And hello, Mel. Hello. I'm so pleased to be on your podcast. Well, it's very exciting mm. to have you here. And particularly because you've, you've, you've selected a kind of theme that around which we might discuss uh, various matters. And the theme is sitting down. And this is something that... <laughs> it's dear to my heart. It's dear to my heart. <laughs> Spend a lot of time doing it. Yes. So what, what's, wh- where are we going to start with this topic? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm a film reviewer, so Mm. I'm constantly sitting down in cinemas to watch the latest film, whether it's an independent film or a Hollywood blockbuster. So this week I thought I would like to talk about one of the most terrible viewing experiences I've had, which is watching Ridley Scott's new movie, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Now, terrible experience because of the film only. The film was that poor or was the whole experience of being where you were? Oh, no, no. Um, I've had worse cinematic experiences. But basically, the problem with this film is that I went into it with goodwill. It's a film that's had bad will associated with it from the very time it was announced because it's it's an ill-conceived project. It's telling the Exodus story from the Bible, you know, Moses leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. However, they've basically cast it only with white people and not just white people, <laughs> lily white people. Joel Edgerton, <laughs> blonde, blue-eyed Joel Edgerton, is playing Ramses, the pharaoh. The Aryan oh, Exodus. It's just the film that Rupert Murdoch tweeted about saying he's never met a dark-skinned Yes, and do you know why? It's because it's a Fox Studios Mm -hmm. um, production, 20th Century Fox production. So old man Roop is basically trying to give the the film a little bit of a a fillip. With his credibility that he's Mm. got on Twitter. And and Christian Bale stars as Moses. Now, when I think about a Jewish leader, (laughs) I like to think about a Welshman. What? Um, That's hilarious. This is one that has totally passed me by. It's obviously, is it being canned universally or...? Pretty much. But the thing is, roots. it's so easy just to can it on the basis okay. of it's having been a very ill-conceived pro- project. But basically, it's bad even on its own terms. <laughs> so I was going into the cinema thinking, you know, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch this old school Cecil B. DeMille film from back in the days when we just cast whoever was a Hollywood star and we didn't really care about historical accuracy. So I was prepared for that kind of spectacle. You know, you're Elizabeth Taylor in uh, <laughs> Cleopatra sort of spectacle because basically – they, they can now depict the plagues that God sent to the Egyptians with this amazing CGI detail in a way that would have been just really hilarious. They'd have to, you know, throw rubber frogs around to suggest <laughs> the plague of frogs, but now they can have a thousand CGI frogs. Right. But basically even these moments of bombastic spectacle felt just sad and, and empty because – 
the the film just had no idea of the kind of um, mythic story it wanted to tell. So basically, I would be okay with this weird casting if mm. they had just gone, well, let's make sure that the audience knows who the Egyptian characters are, what they represent, what makes them different from the Israelites. So basically, the Israelites had beards and they wore rags. But oh. apart from that, it was really hard. Like the Egyptians... They sometimes wore wigs and had, you know, your Egyptian eyeliner style makeup and lots of gold skirts and fabulous necklaces and stuff. The costumes were were really good. But there were some Egyptians who were just ordinary Egyptians and they didn't dress in that royal way. And you're like, am I even looking at an Egyptian or an Israelite right now? So, of course, it culminates, if you're familiar with the Exodus story, it culminates in God basically being the ultimate dickhead and sending the angel of death uh, over the land of Egypt to to murder everyone, uh, every child. But the um, Egyptian kids all die, whereas the Israelite kids uh, are passed over, hence the the Passover, because the um, God commands the Israelites to mark their own doors with sheep's blood. And so the angel of death goes, oh, well, okay, I won't kill that one. But the hilarious thing is that in this film, you basically go, well, yeah, that's the the way the angel of death needed to to be able to pass over because the Egyptian kids look just so much like the Israelite kids (laughs) that God would be like, oh, man, I don't know, should I kill this one? Not sure. And then, of course, you had the scenes where the Egyptian parents were holding their dead kids and crying, and they were really not that dissimilar from the other previous scenes of Egyptian brutality against the Israelites and and it wasn't even like the film was trying to make that point yeah that's what I was going to ask is did you what about the story did you ever at any point go I'm on this side versus that side or I experience empathy in relation to you know I I identify with either one of them or was it that yeah, I mean, when you look at and compare this to, for instance, Darren Aronofsky's film Noah, starring Russell Crowe from earlier this year, mm. um, that was a really exciting film because it was about Noah's internal conflict and about how his determination to, to carry out the wishes of what he saw as God, um, but which were represented in a really interesting um symbolic way that that was not necessarily like someone coming down it with a beard and saying well Moses I'm not sorry Moses Noah build this ark mm. but like they were these very evocative images and you basically were like is Noah just a crazy old guy right you know um you're doubting Noah you're, you're simpl- simultaneously seeing him as a driven man but also questioning whether it's madness that has has driven him to do this and and God is absent is strangely absent from the movie Noah, he's presented as a cruel and remote deity who has abandoned his creations to a a miserable world. But basically the the difference between that and Exodus Gods and Kings is that Ridley Scott has decided to represent God with a small boy. Um, Played by who? uh, Not Webster. um. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was going to say Macaulay Culkin. The race relations just took another turn. Hilarious. <laughs> Continue. I, I, I think I'll go back to sitting here. Oh, mercy. <laughs> I'd like to know where that thought started. Yeah, I'd so would I. Can, sorry, Mel. Continue. <laughs> Play by who? Oh, it's like a white just kid. Just like a random Aryan white kid. Aryan white kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm not quite sure if it's meant to be God or if it's meant to be an angel. But like, right. if you're familiar with the the Moses story, Moses has this vision where he sees a bush on fire, mm. and then God appears to him, and he's like, "Who are you?" and <laughs> And God says, I am. And that's what Jehovah means. It just means I am. Um, Getting quite the religious education from you this morning. It's kind of crazy that I've never been a religious person, but this is what happens when you have um, religious education in school. Right. And when you grow up in a Judeo-Christian culture where this kind of stuff just leaks into all the books and the film and TV you watch. Amazing. Anyway, so basically – Moses like sees this little kid at various points in the film and oh Joshua one of the the kind of henchmen you're never quite sure who this Joshua character is or like what his point is he's played by Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad oh. um, who's oh. another hilarious blonde-haired blue-eyed which one the, um, the not Webster the- Stu <laughs> I know him, Bill Cosby. No, no, he's the one that's the, um, the apprentice yes right yes he's um I can't believe I can't remember his name in Breaking Jesse. Bad Jesse, thank yes. you. <laughs> but in this one, he plays Joshua, which is, you know, not that far away yeah. in terms of names. Uh, but basically, Joshua will, like, sneak into the, the wilderness and see Moses apparently having a convo with himself. But you never kind of get a sense of what <laughs> Joshua thinks of this. Like, does he think, oh, my God, we're being led by a crazy person? What's Moses saying? Oh, Moses is saying stuff like, well, here I will have to lean back from the microphone because mm. I'll have to be shouty Christian Bale. It's like Christian Bale doesn't really have much of a range anymore as an actor. He's just doing that Terminator set rant that he did several years ago. He's like, I can't do this. What are you making me do? Like that. And, and he's saying this young is to a child god. To a child god. And the child god's like, I think that you should do this. Leave the Egyptians to me. Sounds like a snake. <laughs> This sounds like I really like this sound like of this film because at first, <laughs> at first, um, Moses is all on board with all the plagues. So the first plague is giant crocodiles that turn the sea to blood, um, and Moses is like, "Yeah, giant crocs, let's bring them on, kill the Egyptians in their fishing boats." But then they the the blood sea kills all the fish, which brings another plague of flies and then the frogs come after the flies and then pustules start to break out on all the Egyptians. So poor old Joel Edgerton, the pharaoh, is sitting there like with veils over his head and like these blisters breaking out on his face and he's like, nope. Still not going to let the Israelites go. I think you know they're really <laughs> essential to our slave economy. Um, and what basically, are you, what are you doing when you are sitting down in this film? Are you were you laughing? Like, was this a, a screening for like proper people was, like you, or was it a pleb screening for everybody? Well, it was a. F- um, a reviewer screening, but yeah. I also think that they invited um, religious type people oh. um, because there's been a real push to view this um, as a, something that the religious audiences can get behind. You know, oh, okay, it's, right. it's the first big budget retelling of this in, in a generation. Yeah. So I think that they're hoping that Christian audiences will really get behind it. But basically, it just doesn't even accord with what the Bible says <laughs> happened. So then, like Christian Bale's like, I don't know, God, the first few plagues were okay, but, but I'm really uncomfortable with I'm really uncomfortable <laughs> with this now. Um, and then God's like... Well, you just leave them to me. And that's oh when God God. comes up with this psycho plan to murder all the the innocents. And it's all the more creepy because it's coming from the mouth of a child. Um, Anyway, but 
Joel Edgerton is the best thing in this film. And I feel really sorry for him. So I'm sitting in this cinema feeling deeply sorry for Joel Edgerton because he's signed on to this project. He's really committed to being the best Ramses he can be. And I don't know if you read that article where Edgerton was like, and then they shaved my head and they put some eyeliner on and the gold skirt. And I was like, wow, I'm an Egyptian. And I'm like, oh, dude. Sweetie. I'm a village people. (laughs) Yeah. Look, look, he's he's right up there with Unky Roop in terms of like – being really racially unfortunate in promoting the film. (laughs) But basically, where Noah was a film about the prophet himself and the kind of um, inner conflict that he had, uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings is a film about this pharaoh, basically, because Christian Bale's Moses is a boring character. You never kind of get a sense for why he would even leave his life and decide to be a prophet. Uh, There's no sense of um, the dramatic reveal that he has thought himself to be Egyptian his whole life and now he figures out that he's Jewish. It's kind of like, oh, well, I guess it's a bit shit, but all right. Yeah, right. I'll go with with that now. (laughs) Like, There's just no tension in that side of the film, but there is a really palpable tension of – Edgerton, like, struggling to be a good family man um, as the pharaoh and struggling to protect the economy that's dependent on slaves, but also being a very proud and vain person who basically wants to use the slaves to create giant monuments to himself and to make sure that the upper class of Egypt is kept in the style to which they are accustomed while the poor people, they don't really care about the poor people. So he's a creature. It's it's definitely making me want to see the film. Well, I don't know. I don't really want to give you the sense that you want to go out and see it because I came out of the, out of the cinema just feeling, you know, that emoji that's just like a straight across mouth, like an expressionless. Can we do every every film review we do? Let's do an emoji to match it. That's awesome. All right, straight across mouth. This was expressionless emoji, but not even expressionless, that kind of look that you give each other where you're just like, yeah. Okay. Hey, Mel Campbell, thank you so much. We will talk to you about another uh, activity you do sitting down next time. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Stupid. Exodus Gods and Kings by Ridley Scott there. Thank you, Mel Campbell. And uh, the early Exodus seems to be uh, to the exit. But uh, we'll be hearing from her very soon. Now, is it time for a little tidbit? Oh, Stu Farrell, now you've made it a daily thing, have you? I can make it a, an hourly thing if you like. <laughs> no, please don't. Tidbit is one of those words you'll never get tired of. You know what, I, did, I do have something that I could mention here. Okay. Which is I already mentioned it online like, late last night, but I uh, was following the Prime Minister's Literary Awards last night. Happened in Melbourne. And I didn't uh, – I, I just follow enough people on Twitter that I don't have to go to things anymore. Mm-hmm. Just get the tidbits. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I, I get tidbits That's throughout right. the evening. Hmm. Well, anyway, it seemed like a very entertaining evening, but it did afford me the opportunity to use the phrase smug and Freud. Oh, very good. Uh, in sort of general conversation. In proper terms. You know, and hmm. I was pretty, pretty, pretty pleased with that, which is basically the, the Prime Minister uh, was, was giving out these awards – such is his love of literature, I think. Um, mm. And he uh, gave them to a bunch of people who <laughs> started giving away their prize money to causes that basically uh, illustrated their concern for issues the, the Prime Minister So he does was not actually handing the, <clears throat> excuse me, handing the awards over. Yeah. 
So right. he literally handed – there's a, a great photograph of him handing an award to Richard Flanagan and they're just eyeballing each other. And, yeah, Richard Flanagan's the guy who who said he was embarrassed to be Australian when mm-hmm. he was interviewed about um, about – his last prize, massive prize that he won. Um, anyway, it was just it was just one of those things where the, that photograph instantly went around Twitter, and I thought, I reckon that's a bit of smug and Freud, right? Oh, there. Very good. I reckon good. the the Twitter universe was, or the Twitterverse, I suppose I'm obliged to call it, aren't I? Uh, was experiencing smug and Freud. A oh, little bit. So I just thought it was worth a mention. I'm not sure if does that qualify as a. Tidbit? I think that's a tidbit. Yeah, it's very good. May I also say, mm-hmm. just briefly, Tuesday night. It's Tuesday today. Yes. Castlemaine bin night. Oh, hang on. So stupidly bins. Stupidly it makes bins. its debut. So stupidly if you're a Tuesday bins. listener, go ahead. So if you uh, are listening, yes, to this on Tuesday, then. Congratulations. And also, uh, you need to put your bins out. So tonight. that's Castle Main Victoria, Central Victoria? True. Okay. Uh, although, if you are listening on Wednesday, tomorrow. No, it has to be on the day. No, I'm just saying that uh, there was a note attached to okay. this request that okay. I just mentioned this. The recycling doesn't usually get taken out till about bin morning, so you've got a little bit of time. Oh, okay. Thank you. So Very there you good. Go. So stupidly so, bins makes its appearance. That's the first stupidly bins. Now, if anybody else needs anything, and I was thinking, it doesn't have to be bins. It could be anything. If you need to be reminded about something, mm-hmm. just drop us a line. Let us know. We've got a calendar now, and mm. thank you to Gmods for the name too. One of our listeners, he yeah, emailed us and said, "Why don't you call it stupidly bins?" We go, "Well, we're not going to claim it. You can have a Gmods. That thank was you." Excellent. Now, I noticed you just stroking your arm there, Lauren. Have you got a bit of dry skin? I do, Stuart Farrell. Wow, that's good because uh, we will be having yes uh, some cream delivered today. I went to our PO box at uh, what is it, fourteen thirty six PO uh-huh. box fourteen thirty six Fitzroy North three zero six eight to go and pick up. Our electric body skin Alexa, which is this week's show sponsor. Yeah. Uh, let me give you some details here, right? Yeah. Each week we have a show sponsor. This week it is electric body. It's food for your skin. Okay. Yeah. Now, it was initially inspired and created to provide healing, rejuvenating, and non toxic skincare for patients suffering from cancer. Okay. okay. And then uh, it's different to most skincare products because they use colostrum, one of nature's most powerful compounds. Uh, it's organic, it's handmade, it's small batch, and it's sort of perfect for uh, what we get into as far as, you know, our belief I, in uh, locally like, made in small batch. And I don't, I'm not a fan of the paraben, so I'm... Oh, you know, it's all, uh, it's all good stuff in there. Yeah. It's the first skincare in the world to harness colostrum as a live, active ingredient, similar to a probiotic, that it's alive. Okay? Colostrum is in, from another animal, presumably. Not That's us. right. No, not from humans, from uh, or grass-fed, naturally grazed cows from New Zealand. Huh. Okay. Kiwi cows. Yep. And awesome. it contains only live, active, bioavailable ingredients. Now, here's the good news. You can shop online at electricbody.com.au and they contacted us yesterday and said, you know what? We love Stupidly Small that much, but we want to offer your listeners 10% off to all your listeners. Okay, So all you can do is go to electricbody.com.au and you have to put Stupidly Small in the coupon box. Pow, 10% automatically comes off your order. I don't know what might be my Chris Kringle taken care of. Well, there you go. Electricbody.com.au. Thank you. You know who I've got in my Chris Kringle, my office Chris Kringle. Well, there's only one person. You. <laughs> oh, <I'm> a- 
<laughs> I did mean I did mean my other work. You might be getting a little uh, electric body from me as well. So there wow. you go. It's uh, going to be one of those <laughs> Christmas parties. Now, don't forget Twitter at stupidly big, Facebook.com forward slash stupidly big. Yeah. That was forward slash stupidly big. Yeah. You can always contact us at stupidlybig.com.au. Now, Lauren. No, stupidlybig.com, babe. That's what I said, didn't I? No, you didn't. Okay. Tell us about the party on Friday. Okay, so Friday, this Friday, the 12th of December, mm-hmm. we have a party <laughs> at uh, on the corner of um, Brunswick Street and Gertrude. Gertrude Street in Fitzroy. It's the Workers' Club. We're going to open the doors at 7am. I know, crazy. And But we're going to be seat. recording the podcast at the launch party. Yes. Uh, but on top of that, we're also just going to be having a very nice time. And you, my friend, yes. keep saying, don't worry about about the catering, I'm doing it, it'll be fine. All right, now listeners, you get breakfast provided, we don't know what it's going to be, but there'll be food, there's champagne if you want it on the house, there's going to be Bloody Mary's on the house. How much does this cost the listener? Zero, it's Correct. free. Correct, do you know why? Why? Because this has been an awesome time for us and we yeah. want to meet people and say hi and yay and this is stupidly big and have a listen to Stupidly Small while you eat some food and drink some drink. Perfect. Don't forget, drop us a line at bigandstupid at stupidlybig.com for your RSVPs. Not compulsory, but good for us to know. And we'll let you know all about it for the next couple more mornings. Thank you to Mel Campbell this morning. Thank you to you, Lauren Clarkage. Thank you to you, Stuart Farrell-esque. Shall we see them tomorrow? I don't know. What do you think? I'll see you and everybody else. Okay. Excellent. Bye-bye.